Hey everyone, and welcome to the Pisgah Podcast. We are your hosts, I'm Mangler, and that is Drew, and you are listening to Pisgah. We're coming to you live from the road closed barrier on Forest Road 475. So speaking of closed roads, uh, Mangler, Pisgah got a lot of rain while you were out there getting older in Canada. No, yes to both of those. You know, we really didn't know the extent of how bad the flooding was going to get in this area when we recorded our episode last week. But things kind of happened really quickly, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, they did. Uh, Anyways, how was your Canada birthday trip? Man, it felt really good to get back across the border. It was, you know, somewhat of a quick trip, but, um, you know, you had some hoops to jump through. You know, crossing into Canada felt like going to one of my production jobs. You know, had some hoops, jumped through with stuff like, you know, testing, you know, some paperwork stuff, vaccination card, but that's kind of been my life for almost a year now, so it just kind of felt like I was going to work. Um, you know, we took a ferry over and rode in Vancouver Island for three days. We hit up Dumont Trails in Nanaimo, uh, Mount Zuhalen near Duncan, and then up to Cumberland Forest Trails outside of Cumberland on kind of more of the northern side of the island. And then took a ferry back over to mainland, hit up some Whistler Zone for three more days. A, a lot of people would just think of the bike park in Whistler, but I actually hardly ever ride the bike park. I go to Whistler for the massive trail network they have around the valley. In my opinion, it's some of the best mountain biking in the world if you like tech riding because it is very tech. Uh, Jessica and I celebrated my birthday by climbing up into the Alpine. Uh, There's a trail network that climb up into the Alpine. It sits at around like five to 6,000 feet range and uh, it's beautiful up there. Uh, rode my legs off and made me feel like a 40-year-old, but now I'm back home and back to the grind for a bit. Yeah, 40 is a big one. It kind of brings into perspective what you can get away with with your body now versus then. <laughs> yeah, we, that's for we, sure. We get better at our things like riding bikes and sports that we play and hobbies that we have, but we're less resilient to the damage that it can give us. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I guess you probably didn't expect to come home to a large portion of the forest somewhat closed off, huh? Yeah, I guess, you know, we got a lot of closed off trails and zones, but we've got Daniel Sapp on this week's episode to talk about that later on. Yeah, but with all this closure, uh, you got to taste the new Black Mountain Trail. Yes, I got an almost bottom to top and back to the bottom taste. Tommy Penick and myself did an out in black to get a grand tour. It was a late afternoon pedal, so we couldn't have the grandest of tours due to some work hour obligations from some other potential riding partners. Uh, We took our time marveling at the work Shrimper and the single tracks crew had done on the way up. We called it and turned around at the Turkey Pin Gap Trail, which is pretty much where their construction project went to. Uh, Tommy and I did a somewhat chill pace going up and it ended up only taking an hour and 15 minutes moving time to get up to Turkey Pen. Yeah, I'd say that's not bad at all to get up to that zone. No, it it really wasn't. I'm not going to say it was hard as climbing Star Gap and some other parts of Heartbreak. It's like a tick below too hard, but just right in line. Yeah, let's be honest though. If it's hard enough to climb, that means it's going to be a great descent. Oh, absolutely. But I don't want to spoil the surprise that everyone needs to have with riding the new Black Mountain Trail when it opens, but it's real good. 
I would definitely say keep your eyes peeled for some alt lines and ninja moves, but stay sharp. It's got a lot of great turns. With all the flood damage the area had, how did the Black Mountain Trail Zone look? Well, we just stuck to the new trail, which showed pretty much no signs of heavy rain abuse. I'm sure Middle Black probably still looks similar as it did, with maybe a little more erosion in some spots. But in my conversation I had with Shrimper on how the trail held up during the rains, he replied, it's the Chevrolet of trails, solid as a rock, baby. <laughs> Classic Shrimper vernacular. But yeah, sounds like and looks like, based off some social media postings, that the zones higher up on the Davison took a much larger hit. Yeah, it does, but since we can't speak to that officially, let's get to someone who can. Exactly. Pisgah area Sorba has been in constant communication with the U.S. Forest Service and has been keeping us updated with what's going on on where it's safe-ish to ride and recreate. So I'm sure everyone is in kind of like a want-to-know mood right now with you know we got the new Black Mountain Trail wrapping up and what's going on with some of these closed trail zones and forest roads. So let's get some questions answered from our friend Daniel Sapp at Pisgah Area Sorba. All right, Daniel, thanks for joining us for a kind of a late summer Pisgah Area Sorba update. We've got a lot of stuff going on in the Ranger District. It's already late summer. Wow. Time, uh, time really flies. So the last time we spoke, we talked about the Black Mountain Project, which has roughly come to an end. Is that correct? Yeah, we're getting there. I think that Shrimper and the Single Track Trails crew is up there wrapping up things right now. And so the new trail is nearly complete. They're just doing a little fine tuning on that. And then we have to, the state, an inspector, because we were awarded the uh, RTP grant, they have to come inspect the work, make sure it's up to their standards and in line with what they signed on to. And uh, yeah then we're good to go, and it should be fine. A lot of people have been up there, a lot of uh, Pisgah Area Sorba volunteers, board members, the U.S. Forest Service, and others. Uh, everyone's checked it out and been very happy with the work so far. Awesome. Have you been up on it to check things out yet? I have. I haven't been up on the upper section, but I've ridden the uh, middle section, I guess, you know, what we historically call middle black from Hickory Knob down to Thrift. I've ridden that quite a bit both directions and yeah it's great yeah it's it's been awesome that you guys kind of opened it as things progressed along so that we could you know get a feel of how the new stuff's running and you know it's great yeah for sure and i think uh you know uh the new trail is not the old trail and you know i think we can both agree on that but the reason the old trail wasn't working was because of some pretty big issues and so new trail's not going to have those and that's what's cool I think another thing people are going to be a little surprised at is the upper section is going to be very, very different than the middle section. Ooh. Um, I think you had an opportunity to uh, get a sneak peek of that recently, right? I'm, I might have got a little sneak peek on it per a shrimper invite. You know, when we were up there doing the recording for his interview, you know, I had to get up there somehow. So, you know, I took a bike with me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it only makes sense, right? Yeah. And what do you think? It's definitely a... a good bit different than the middle section it still has like a good flow to it i'm really looking forward to that in both directions you know, it gives a good challenge climbing it's one of those descending style trails where 
you know, you don't have to just like ride your brakes the whole time and get out of control. So you don't have to just point your bike in a straight line and let off and hope that you have enough suspension? Dude, there are so many good turns. That's what I'm really psyched on. Oh, so it's going to take skill to ride the trail. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's not a ditch anymore, which is great. That's what the goal was. Um, and there's a lot more trail up there. It's a lot more mileage, actually. So I think that's going to be really awesome as well. Nice. You know, being that you can climb and descend it, even though the climbing is pretty darn hard from what I would bet and from climbing up the middle part, you know, who's going to be posting the fast times on out in black, starting at the bottom of Black Mountain, going up over the top, down Buckwheat, down Bennett, and then climbing up Bennett and back over and around down the top. Ooh, that's the big nasty. It is. Local Ryan Sigsby did that a few months back on the old trail. And I can't remember how long it took him, but it was it was a big day and he said it was really, really hard. But he did it and I think he did it in a pretty impressive time from what I remember. Yeah, he was also kind of doing some pre-training to get himself ready for the Colorado Divide race. Is that the race he did? Great Divide? Colorado, the Great Divide race. Oh man, Logan Watts would be really disappointing us right now not having the name of these uh, long distance races down. <laughs> I, sh- I should know better too. Yeah. But, yeah, that big race that's really hard, it goes... Uh, Across Colorado. It's out there on the left side of the country. They're wrapping up construction now. You know, they're going to have the the final walkthroughs and everything, get everything signed off. Do you guys have an exact opening date yet or is it still kind of rough? It's rough right now. If anything, we can all look at the events of the past week and the weather and everything else and see like, you know, everything's dynamic. But the weather did not really impact that trail very much at all. Um, everything held up really well. And, you know, we can talk about what it did impact and some of the catastrophic effects of it later, but Black Mountain's good to go. And right now we're planning on a mid-September opening. The Recreational Trails Program, RTP Inspector, has to come out, review the work like we were talking about. And so once they, you know, as the grant manager and then the local U.S. Forest Service staff approves the work, we should be able to open the trail. you got to take into account that the top priority for the U.S. Forest Service right now is not getting up there and checking out a new trail. You know, they're working on some pretty serious infrastructure issues and damage and cleanup from Tropical Storm Fred. But we're really opening to uh, be pretty close on that mid-September date. And so the other thing that, you know, comes into play now is the middle section, which both old middle black and the new trail have been open for the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. The old trail is going to be decommissioned. And so single track trails will start the decommissioning work on that pretty soon. And so, you know, we're looking at a few more days to a week or so that that's going to be open. So if you're wanting to go up and ride that anymore, go and get your laps in right now because it, it could be any day now. So, Oh, Okay. Yeah, is, is that news to you? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew it was going to happen at some point, and you know, I knew that you guys gave... Yeah, we gave like a mid-August date originally, and so we've pushed that just a little bit. But um, yeah, more is, more is better. Yeah, more is better. This is like one of those times where a delay is probably not going to upset a few people. No, probably not. I, ha- I, I do have to say that it was a couple, maybe a month or so ago, 
Tommy and I climbed middle, new middle. He descended new middle, and I continued up to do old middle. And honestly, there's not a lot of that trail that I'm going to miss. Man, you know, I, out of a sake of nostalgia and, you know, just to, I wanted to validate. It's like, okay, we're doing the right, you know, obviously the trail's got to be closed, but what's happening is right. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go ride middle black again, like old middle black, you know, at least get one more time. And my riding's been a little more infrequent uh, the past few months. Uh, But, you know, I went up and I was just like, you know, pedaling up, you start climbing. It's like, man, that new trail's right there. I can just turn left and I'll have to climb up this last little bit. And uh, I didn't. I went on. But I was like, yeah, I'm not going to miss, like, feeling like my heart's going to explode going up to Hickory Knob, you know, to start with. And then, you know, the first, like, seven, eight, ten seconds of old middle black's really good. You kind of like drop your heels and really just start ripping. Mm -hmm. And then it just like, it gets so unpredictable and so chaotic. And, you know, it's just like stuff's changing and rocks that are big enough that, you know, you do want a little bit more suspension than, you know, I I was riding my uh, Epic Evo Plus or whatever we're going to call it. Um, (laughs) It's my Pisgah bike. Your your mega down country bike? It's all country. All country. Yeah. But, you know, that bike's great everywhere. But, um, you know, I was just like, man, this just feels like I'm, you know, getting ready to get hurt. And, you know, it's not enjoyable. And there's just like all these undercut rocks now that, you know, kind of like looking to grab your front wheel. And you've really got to kind of charge through the whole thing and just kind of huck through it in order to make it link up. And it's just like, it doesn't flow anymore. I mean, it really doesn't. And, you know, I think a lot of people probably agree. Um, We were looking at the Strava numbers and I think we're seeing like four or five times as many people are riding the new trail than the old trail. Pretty big difference. You know, the one section I'm really going to miss on the old trail is when you get towards the end of, um, you know, you go through the blown out section, twisty, twisty, turny, turny, and you do the straight line down the ditch and there's a hard nine degree left and you get into some nice, like little smoother bench cut single track. And there's an up and over down onto some rocks that are always wet. There's yep. like a little spring right there. That's I one love of my favorite that. sections too. Man, I love that section. Have you, you've, you've done the jump off the roots and land in the rocks, right? Yeah, and I've also climbed yeah. it from the going up it. You've cl- you've cleaned it. Yeah. How many tries did it take? Uh, luckily, I think it was only like three, but my heart was about to explode on the third one. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I've I've not cleaned that. I love I love riding down it, but I don't even try. I just like you know, climbing up. I look at it. I'm like, huh, I guess I'll I guess I'll push up this little bit. I'll use these stairs for my feet. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's what they were built for. But man, I love coming over that. And like, you know, it's going to be like a little slick and sketchy and mm-hmm. you might move a little bit from a root and it's kind of like knife edge. So yeah, yeah, I'm going to miss that. I'm not going to miss much else. You know, I do think that the climb up to Hickory Knob was, it was hard. Well, it, technically it still is hard, but it, it gave you that good reward of like those first seven to 10 seconds and you forgot about how crappy that climb was. Oh, yeah, Cause you caught your breath by then. Yeah. You caught your breath by then and you know, you're somewhat recouped from it. But I think it was like one of those things, like when you cleaned it, you felt you're like, 
it kicked your ass, but you felt good about it. Uh, completely. I mean, mm. and it's one of those things that I've always, you know, for years kind of used as a litmus test for my fitness Yeah. in testing a bunch of different bikes, uh, as I've done, you know, it's like, it's a really good line for kind of seeing how bikes feel because if my fitness has stayed pretty consistent, like you can really kind of point out some nuances and how well a bike climbs, uh, going up through there and especially like kind of maintaining traction over those routes and everything, because you've really, and it's really hard and you've got to make everything add up and work together in order to clean it. It's definitely one of those things like it feels good to get it once. And then if you're hitting it like pretty consistently, you know, ride after ride, it's like, yeah, I feel like your, your fitness is in a good place. Yeah. There's always been those times where I feel like I've been off the bike for like a week or something like that. Cause I've, you know, either been hurt or just been working a ton and you get up to the saddle and you start climbing up there and you're like, maybe I'll walk it today. Yeah. But if you make that turn, you got to go for it. And that's the thing. It's like, I've said that to myself so many times and I've never actually like got, tried, like intentionally got off my bike to walk it. I've just always just like, Nope, we're still going for it. But you know what? I feel like when you get it one time, you know, you can get it the next time mm-hmm. and you kind of build on that. However, if you don't get it and you start pushing then I feel like all my pushes are together too. It's not like I hit it once, don't get it the next time, hit it the next time, don't get it the next time. It's uh, I'm climbing it consistently for a month or three or I'm pushing pretty consistently. Okay. I, but I think it a lot of that boils down to how much try hard I have. Yeah. Listen to us just going on and on about Old Middle Black. Oh, man, it's good to have a little bit of nostalgia. You know, yeah. I think we're going on about a part of it that most people probably hate. Exactly. But you know what, too? Like, you know, so it kind of brings up like a little thought of uh, trail ethics. You know, I think looking at that climb and looking at the trail, a lot of things changed over the years. And that climb and that trail have always, you know, in the past five, seven years been challenging. And... Mm-hmm. The thing that's unfortunate is in the past couple of years, in that turn on the climb, someone went in and cut out a couple of trees. And yeah, it wasn't trees created. that had fallen. It was trees that they cut out in order to be able to avoid that rooty line and ride outside of it. And, you know, that's not cool. You know, if someone can't ride something, you just, you walk it. I mean, that's just how it works. Like we were just talking. It's like if we can't ride it that day, you, we walk it yeah, and you, you don't change the trail to suit you. It's not, it's not a bike park. It's not a racetrack. It's, it's a forest and um, you're not the only user like sure on a sanctioned trail work day, if you're rerouting something or there's a reason to move something or if trees are down across the trail or, you know, there's like serious hazards, you know, the consideration can be to mitigate those hazards but you don't just go cut out trees. Um, there was another spot on the descent. Where someone went in and... Yeah, someone went in and cut a tree out. And, you know, some people may argue that this tree was, I would say, it's like a third of the way down the descent. or Actually, maybe more like halfway, right? Yeah. On the middle section. Be- between third and half. And it's a pretty quick section, tight, twisty. And then you bump through some rough stuff. And it was kind of a straight shot through some trees. And it was tight. I mean, it's like yep. I've clipped my handlebar on that tree many a time. Yeah, look at my bar. Luckily, ends. it never took me out. But I mean, like 
you know, knock some bark off the tree, smash my finger, whatever. But someone cut that tree out. And when that tree got cut out, that section through there, the line changed and people started widening the trail, you know, three times as four times as wide as it was. And with that, a lot of erosion took place and, you know, the trail just ditched out more and more and more. And granted, it wasn't in the best of shape before, but that caused some exponential decay. And it, you know, it's just like, it's another thing. You just, you don't modify the trail. You don't modify the trail to suit your needs. Yeah. You don't modify the trail to suit your riding. You modify your riding to suit the trail. Yeah. And, and that's been the story of, you know, the middle black for years now, not just the climb or that, that one tree, but the hard right switch back towards the bottom. Oh yeah. So, I mean, people kept moving that, moving that because yeah, the roots are intimidating. Yeah. I kind of like check up when I roll into them. It's like, okay, but that's the trail. You ride the roots or you walk the the roots. Yeah. It's no big deal to walk them. Like I I think probably at one point in my life, I've walked those roots Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it's no big deal, but you don't just cut more lines to the side just to avoid them. You know, the thing is like people pile brush up or whatever and shrimper and I were talking how, you would usually pile that brush up there and within a few days it'd be gone. Like we don't know who it is moving it. Like I've never seen anyone modifying the trail or like doing this. Like I don't know who it is, but the game cameras know, but Oh yeah. They're game cameras in Pisgah with the new trail open. It's not been moved. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But you know, that being said, let's, not that anyone listening has been modifying trails, you know, like outside of a sanctioned work day or, you know, as a trail contractor, or, you know, with the forest service or whatever, but, you know, let's spread the word. Let's not modify trails because then we can keep the trails we love a lot longer. Exactly. And, you know, that aside, that's not the reason completely why Black Mountain had to be rerouted. There are many, many other reasons, you know, for one, it wasn't built to be a super sustainable trail to begin with, but, um, you know, that certainly didn't help. No, it didn't help at all. People might be wondering like, okay, so how much time did it take to, you know, what did it take to do this trail work? You know, how much time, how many people? And so, you know, single track trails is a contractor and shrimper. He's kind of he's the project manager here in Brevard as he's a Brevard local. And, you know, he's got his heart and soul into this trail, but you know, their whole crew has put several thousand uh, hours of labor into the trail over, you know, it's been over five months. They've had up to 12 people at once working and, you know, up to three machines working at once. They've done a ton of handwork as well, you know, in places where the machines can't go, it's way too tight. You know, Pisgaria Sorba has put in, way over uh we hit, were required to put in i think 250 hours of volunteer labor and we've done way more than that you know a lot of that labor was spent clearing the corridor doing rock armoring and then hand finishing the tread you know with that and we've spent you know the board has spent hours and hours and hours in meetings on the phone inspecting the trail you know on foot not even riding emails back and forth so on and so forth, um, you know, managing all that. No one at Pisgaria Sword is making any money, you know, for 
getting the grant, managing the project, managing the site inspections or anything else. Let's 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 talk about something right there right quick. Yeah. Because I don't know if a lot of people will realize that Pisgah Area Sorba in its current form is one hundred percent volunteer led. It like is. All of all of you have full time jobs, real lives outside of what you do for Pisgah Area Sorba. And Pisgah Area Sorba, I know from t- talking with you, it is is not just like 10 minutes a day worth of work. Like you're clocking in hours a day, sometimes more. Every day, it doesn't stop. It never stops. I mean, we have a Slack channel that, you know, the all of our board members and then some other folks that are helping out, uh, other volunteers. And it, it is constant. It, it really is. I mean, there's a lot of days that I will have put in a couple hours before the sun comes up. And I mean, that's not just me. There are plenty of people that put in a lot more time than I do. So yeah, thank you guys for all of that. Because without you guys doing all that, we wouldn't have what we have now with this this new Black Mountain reroute. Well, yeah. And, you know, we're just trying to make everything better. You know, we all live here. We want the trails to be as good as they can be. You know, we all ride. Yeah. You, you guys aren't trying to destroy the trails. You're trying to prolong the life of all the trails and the recreational opportunities within the forest. Yeah. And, you know, and we're looking at the big picture too. You know, we're looking at like, what do we need and what do we need to do to make the trails sustainable and as an organization be sustainable, you know, a few months a few years, a decade longer down the road. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that no, I think not many people are aware of. There's uh, definitely a lot more to it than, you know, what I would argue is the most important part, actual trail work. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into making that trail work happen. And uh, yeah, and then there's the trail work itself, which, yeah, tons and tons of hours of trail work. So, Well, uh, speaking of, trail work and stuff that's needed for the future what's uh what's the current status with some of our zones in the forest right now after tropical storm fred came through oh man it's uh it's interesting i didn't have my finger on the pulse of north Carolina weather because i was out of town on a trip and i just happened to be scrolling social media and i follow a lot of you know weather nerds and was like, wait a minute, there's like a tropical storm coming. And Jessica was like, yeah, have you not paid attention to the weather? And sure enough, like, it didn't really click to me at first, but then I started looking at rainfall estimates and figures coming up to the future, and I was like, wow, that's actually potentially going to be a lot of rain coming to the Western North Carolina mountains, and depending on you know which way it goes, it could, it could be a mess. And unfortunately, it went to a spot that made it a mess. So kind of um, where are we sitting at right now? Like, Well, you know, a lot of the forest has sustained a lot of damage. And, mm-hmm. you know, you look in western North Carolina, I think everyone got quite a bit of rain. Yeah. The Pisgah Ranger District, Brevard area, sustained quite a bit of damage. Um, I think everyone in western North Carolina all over got quite a bit of rain, you know, several inches at least. I mean, I saw Transylvania County got an estimated like 17 inches. 17. I actually saw another report that if you're familiar with the Black Balsam area, uh, Devil's Courthouse, the top of Farlow Gap Trail, mm-hmm. over 24 inches in two days. Wow. All that water has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think a lot of people probably saw in the news that there's been a ton of flooding and devastation in Crusoe, uh, which is on the other side of the parkway from Brevard down 276, the town of Canton. There were a lot of people that had serious damage to their homes or they lost their homes altogether, uh, cars swept away, and a number of people lost their lives. Um, this was a really, really bad storm. And, you know, cleanup and trying to figure out what even happened and for people to find somewhere to stay, that's still happening. Um, it's yeah. is a disaster area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, come back over on our side of the parkway, down 215 in the community of Balsam Grove, um, there was serious flooding. And in Rosman, uh, which is just past Brevard, there was some very serious flooding there too with uh, a lot of property damage. So that area of Pisgah, you know, our area of Pisgah here is a disaster zone right now. You know, for several days, no one really knew what was going on. And, um, and all people knew was there was a lot of damage. And so the Forest Services had a little bit of time to go in and do some damage assessment. And, you know, it's kind of been step by step. And, you know, they've asked that, you know, people be very careful if you do choose to venture out in the woods. But the thing that they're finding consistently is there are lots of trees down. There are many, many bridges and culverts that are washed out like bridges over creeks, bridges over rivers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just horrible tread conditions on roads and everything else. And therefore, most all the Forest Service roads around here are closed. Highway 276 is open from Brevard to the Blue Ridge Parkway, and that's it. None of the roads off of it. Um, I think maybe 475B, the top part of it, is open just a little bit. But nothing else is open. Like you can't go to the fish hatchery. You can't go to like pilot rock slate rock. Like 1206 is closed. Sliding rock. There's trees and boulders in there and they have law enforcement actually stationed there to keep people out. Looking glass falls. You can look at it from the platform, but last I read there was a log jam at the top that measured a half acre in size. And so they're working to get that out. I don't know if people realize how big half an acre is. Half an acre is huge. Like yeah. if it's full of trees. Yeah. Like that. that's going to take a lot of time to get it out. And, you know, the issue is like a log jam like that. For one, you know, if logs break free, then they could go over the falls and, you know, kill yes. whoever's below. Yeah. yeah. It's not like you get hurt. You would die if it fell on you. Also, those logs could be holding back a lot of water. I, I don't know. I've not been up there to see it, but... but that's the thing. is like, we don't know what's up there, so... Right, and that's just that's one, that's just one visible place. You know, there's yeah. creeks everywhere. And, you know, while the flow may be the same or seem the same downstream, you don't know what's jammed up upstream. You know, you don't know if there's a small pond or small lake sitting behind a log jam that's just waiting to break away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think it's wise for everyone to exercise extreme caution, you know, maybe choose somewhere else to ride for a little bit until, you know, the Forest Service and other people that are involved with trail work have time to get out and check everything out. Um, it's going to take a lot of time 
and a lot of money to uh, bring the district back to, you know, any resemblance of what it used to be. It's never going to look the same in places. I actually, I drove a little ways up 276 tonight uh, just by the Davidson River and checked out the river in a few spots. And the river is incredibly wide. I mean, water was, if you know where the bridge, you know, the footbridge is on the Estado Trail or the bridge into the Davidson River campground, that was underwater. So, yeah. I mean, water is what, 10, 15 feet high and raging. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the river has cut completely new banks for itself in places. It's much wider. There's all these little islands that never were. And there's logs and trees piled 10, 15 feet high on either side of the river. It's pretty remarkable to see. It's it's wild. It doesn't look, in ways it looks the same, but in ways it looks totally, totally different. Well, you mentioned, you know, maybe try to find somewhere else to ride right now. And a couple of trail networks have posted that, you know, their trail networks are running good. Uh, Fire Mountain trails have mentioned that everything's good over there. Trails yeah, running great. DuPont and, as well. Yeah, DuPont's running good. Uh, and then G5 has been posting that, you know, the grandfather district over on their side is running good. Canuga's good. Canuga obviously got a lot of rain, but, you know, they're a small trail network, so they've been maintaining things, and they're running good. Yeah. So there are other options for you to go ride at other than, you know, some dangerous spots in the Ranger District. For sure. And, you know, I've seen some pictures that the Forest Service and a few others have shared, and it's really bad, uh, especially when you go back, you know, if you take, 276 and everything between 276 and 215, you know, further west, uh, everything in that area is pretty, pretty mangled. Yeah. Mangler. Yep. I mean, I've seen those pictures. It's pretty wild to see like where the water cut new giant ditches around where a bridge is. Like the oh, water yeah, like no... 20 foot deep holes. Yeah. Like, oh, we don't want to go, water's like, we don't want to go under that bridge anymore. We're going to go over here and... And around it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, 475 from 276 over to 215, completely impassable. There's, it could be, it will be a very long time before that road's open again, judging by the pictures that I've seen. But the river's like completely cut a new path in places over there. And, um... There are power lines down. It's it's hazardous out there. So, I mean, there's definitely places you don't want to go. And, you know, that kind of brings us to you don't need to go there either. Um, the Forest Service doesn't have the resources to help anyone out, really, that gets into a pickle out there or gets hurt or injured. You know, typically all the trails, even the more technical trails and harder to get to trails, the rescue squad, the Transylvania County Rescue Squad and the surrounding agencies, they have a plan to get into those places and extract people. And without being able to get on any of the roads, like you can't get a four wheeler through these places. You can't get a dirt bike through these places. You know, it's like you, you pretty much foot can't only. Get to those you places. can't. And I mean, yeah, there are probably some ways that you can wiggle around and figure it out. But, you know, if you get back in there, you are on your own. It is it is not the Pisgah you're used to. It is a full on backcountry wilderness setting. And if you get hurt, it's going to be a long time. If someone can get out there 
at all, you know, in time to help you. So, yeah, you don't want a helicopter bill. No, and I mean, you can't really like doing a long line extraction from places in Pisgah is like darn near impossible. You know, I mean, the canopy is so thick. Oh, yeah. So, you know, don't put yourself at risk. Don't put first responders or anyone else at risk. I mean, those folks are still doing a ton to help people that are out of their homes that have lost everything and, you know, families that have lost family members and, you know, let them do their job. Yeah. Recreate a little responsible and, you know, and, and it's not just the Ranger district. A couple other districts have put out similar postings. Yeah. Like I think Appalachian. Appalachian yeah. Hot Springs and some of the places around big Ivy, they've all had big washouts from this huge amounts of rain and, you know, don't put stress more on, on these places. And it's not just the stress from, from you know, flooding scenarios. You know, also, you got to think about ICU beds from, you know, we're still dealing with COVID. So that's yeah, still a you thing. don't want to be in the hospital right now. Yeah, you just don't want to be in the hospital right now. But kind of the game plan is right now, the Forest Service has gone out and done their initial assessments. And they're letting certain stakeholders that are kind of on their list of approved people that can work in the forest go in and figure more stuff out. And, you know, while no trails are directly closed, they're like, hey, kind of respect the process. Everyone's got to go in, figure out what's going on. They're going to take pictures of all the damage and all that. And, you know, people are going to report all that stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of funding that's going to have to be figured out in order to get things back to any sort of a normal. And, uh, you know, there are resources for that. But, you know, funding is going to be one of the biggest things. And so, you know, they're asking no one to go in and do, don't go in and do trail work. Don't go try to clean stuff up or anything like that unless, you know, you're working directly with Forest Service and they've authorized it. So, Since there's no volunteer efforts going on right now, how can people best help out to get our, you know, our forest back running again? I'd say, you know, spread the message of, you know, like, hey, give us a little bit of time to recover. You know, granted, like, there's damage all over, but a lot of this is pretty isolated to, you know, Pisgah. You can still go ride at DuPont. You can still, you know, visit your local bike shops, have a beer after your ride. You know, keep supporting all those guys because they support us. And, you know, spread the word. And, you know, big thing we're going to need is funding um, because we're, it's going to take a lot of professional work to get some of this done. And that's one of the biggest things. Spread the word. Right on. So it sounds like we've got some stuff in motion to kind of get things hopefully getting back to normal. We've got Black Mountain Trail coming online here in a couple of weeks. We've still got a lot of other trails in the area that we can go ride. So it's not like, you know, we can't not ride. We just have to maybe go ride somewhere else, which is which is fine and healthy. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's not going to be like this forever. It may, some trails may be like this for a long time. But others are going to be good very soon. You know, we're really, like we had said earlier, we're hoping that Black Mountain is going to be open on schedule. We know that the there was no damage up there, really. Everything's good to go. And, you know, we just want to relay and, you know, be in sync with the same message that the Forest Service is saying that, you know, use good judgment. The trails, any trails you use in the Ranger District right now, it's like definitely use it at your own risk and 
there have not been assessments done on a ton of stuff to ensure safety in any way. And so, you know, as we were saying, maybe choose somewhere else for a bit and we'll certainly let people know as soon as, you know, things are good to go. Awesome. So stay tuned to Pisgah Area Sorba channels. And then obviously we here at Pisgah Podcast will keep people up to date on what's going on. And yeah, so Daniel, Um, let us know what's going on. Yeah, I'll always let you know what's going on. Well, Daniel, thanks for giving us an update on kind of how things are looking in the district right now and what's happening with Pisgah Area Sorba. We're looking forward to uh, getting you back on here soon with some some more better news, hopefully. Yeah, I'd love to get back with something a little more positive. But, you know, if take anything positive out of all this is there's a lot of people working together already to get things back to a good state. And it's been really cool seeing the community come together. And we've had a ton of people reach out uh, offering to support and trying to help in any way. And so uh, that's been really, really great. So thanks to everyone who's done that. Thanks to everyone who has donated money and who's donated time and everything else. Uh, that's what it takes. You know, it's uh, all of us just working to make this place as good as we can. And, you know, and we want to also give back and help get all the communities that have been so devastated and damaged you know, back on their feet right now. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot, dude. Thanks for having me, man. So, yeah, I don't want to go poking around to find sinkholes and trails because Butter Gap already has enough of that already. Yeah. And despite not having an official opening date for the Black Mountain Trail, we do know that the Brevard Aldi is opening September 2nd. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh I have to say we're all pretty excited to have an audience down here in a, on the front range of Pisgah. Yeah, lucky you guys. I've been shopping at the Aldi here in West Asheville for a few years now, and I probably have saved a couple thousand dollars in that amount of time. Oh, yeah. So how's the weather looking for this week? Well, with classic summer kind of coming closest to an end, the weather looks pretty good. It's warm-ish, you know, highs in the mid to upper 80s. Uh, lows into the 60s throughout the weekend. Uh, however, the middle of next week has us looking at more scattered thunderstorms as usual. But then back to, you know, low 80s and low 60s. So looks like a pretty good routing weekend. But just make sure you stay in some safe areas. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, well, I'm going to be headed out to Bellingham for the next few days where it looks like the high is going to be around 70 each day. I'm looking forward to that. Oh man, I really wanted to try to come with you, but I've got a lot of work stuff that's popped up. So dude, you guys enjoy your trip. Yeah, we will do. Well guys, that's a wrap on this week's episode. And as always, you can find us on social media. Just search Pisgah Podcast. And we've got our web store going with t-shirts and koozies with, as always, five bucks going to Pisgah Area Sorba with t-shirt sales. Just hit up pisgahpodcast.bigcartel.com. And if you ever got held up because of the weather for a few days only to go back and ride your favorite trail and find an escarpment or something washed away, go ahead and share with your friends. And by yourself and your friends, a Listen to Pisgah t-shirt and a koozie. Places I've poked around so far, I've seen some stuff that is understated, and I've seen some damage.